everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 327. On Now You Know. We're brought to you as always by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There are lots of really cool perks that you can check out and help support us and you'll get those perks. It's a pretty good deal. It also makes a great gift. We want to thank Birch Living for sponsoring the show. Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made right here in America with just four materials sourced straight from nature, wool, latex, cotton, and steel. Now, I'm kind of jealous because you've been sleeping on a birch mattress for over a year now. Yeah. Once you experience a birch mattress, you're going to see that you were missing something. I really think I've been sleeping better this year, and a large part of that is thanks to my birch mattress. Well, it's great that you think that, but how do I know I'm going to like it? You order on birchliving.com slash You get $400 off your birch mattress plus two free pillows. It arrives rolled up in a box. Take the roll out of the box and open the bag. It unfurls into a comfortable mattress. But what if I don't like it? I mean, I'm never going to be able to get it back in the box. That's why Birch has a 100-night sleep trial. You have over three months to decide if you like it or not. If you don't, Birch will come pick it up for free. And I mean right out of your bedroom. Wow, that takes the stress away from mattress shopping. And you'll also relieve stress knowing that you're sleeping on a mattress that is certified to be good for the planet. Get your non-toxic mattress with a 100-night sleep trial at birchliving.com slash now you know. You'll get $400 off plus two free pillows. Episode 327. I think that's a prime number, isn't it? Um, No, that's like if we did 109 shows uh, three times. What, two years of shows times three? That's six years of shows. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so last Thursday, Yuzaka Mazawa announced the Dear Moon crew members. Remember that? We were trying to get to be a member ourselves, but I guess we weren't chosen. And Dear Moon will be the first all-civilian project to fly around the moon aboard SpaceX's Starship. If you remember back in March of 2021, Mazawa put out the call for eight crew members and more than a million people applied from 249 countries. Um, wait, is that YouTuber Tim Dodd, the everyday astronaut? Uh, yeah, it is. That's great. So this is going to be the first time in history that I have met someone who's going to go to space. And not only space, but go around the moon. I I have never I've seen I've met Buzz Aldrin. Mm -hmm. Not I didn't get to shake his hand or anything. Okay. I got to we said a baseball game. Okay. And he stood up and he waved at everyone. So I've I've seen someone who has gone to the moon. Um but I haven't met anyone before they went to the moon. Wow. I wonder how many other people I've met. <laughs> who haven't gone to the moon yet. I know. It's going to be a lot of people, I think. This yeah. is going to open the doors for a lot of people. Let's find out who else is going. All right. We've got photographer Rhiannon Adam from Ireland, uh, DJ and music producer Steve Aoki from the U.S., multi-talented Yemi A.D. from Czech Republic, documentary filmmaker Brendan Hall from the U.S., U.K. photographer Kareem Ilya, musician Choi Seong Hyun from South Korea, and actor Dev Joshi from India. So they have all passed their medical, but to be safe, there are two alternates, Olympic gold medalist Caitlin Farrington from the U.S. and dancer Miyu from Japan. They will accompany Meizawa, who has already been to space, by the way. He stayed aboard the ISS back in December of 2021. I didn't even hear about that. All, all this space news, like it, you'd think it'd be like big news. Who's going to space? But unless it's like Jeff Bezos, I guess nobody cares. They should probably send the Kardashians to space. That would probably get more people interested. <laughs> but... Congratulations, Tim Dodd. If there if there was any YouTuber oh my God, who deserved yeah. it, I mean, Tim, congratulations. Yeah, I can't wait to um, see. You know, send us a send us a pic from the moon. You're gonna have you're gonna have some time yeah. up in space there. Yeah. 
And I mean, who better to tell the world about what's going on? Like all the ins and outs of everything. I know. Wow. He, he's probably going to be able to take the controls. <laughs> worst case. So that's awesome. Congratulations, Tim. So Tesla's holiday over the air software update should be coming out as it does every year. And we don't know everything that's going to be in it, but we do have some leaks of 2022.44.25 from Tesla's official Korea blog. That's it. A wind icon and a music player graphic and a nav map and a dog paw. Well, if you translate the Korean, you get a bit more. Okay. Auto turn signals. With this update, your Tesla will now automatically turn off the turn signal when a lane change or merge is complete. That's cool. Interior camera. Tesla will now allow owners to activate the interior camera to be used with dog mode and sentry mode so you can check on your pets or your interior on your app while you're away from the car. Oh, that's good. A lot of people are going to like that. How's Pooch doing? Yeah. Oh, he's okay. <laughs> My laptop. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> media controls. The location of media controls has been moved closer to the driver, and now you'll be able to swipe up on the controls to access your favorites, recents, and sources. And swiping left or right on the controls will let you see your odometer and tire pressure again. Hmm. Remember so when I... they took that away and we were all so sad? <laughs> I'm going to have to get used to something new. Well, hey, at least it's not just breaking. What? All my old cars, they would have software updates. Oh, I would mean, come out and it would be surprise, surprise oh, UI update. Oh, you don't mean breaking, like you mean broken breaking. Yeah, all my old cars, I'd come out. New UI update, your volume knob only works up. <laughs> You're gonna have to use the steering wheel if you ever wanna turn it down. Oh, thanks, what a great update, what the f But that's not all, there are more updates. So the map there, uh, there's gonna be navigation improvements. Uh, nav mode should have improved readability by emphasizing the next turn, and the next turn box will stay in their current position at the top of the screen, and the trip info, including the travel time and the estimated charge, will be moved to the bottom of the display. I like this, because before it was really cluttered with a lot of stuff you didn't need while you drove, mm. and now that stuff is in a different spot. Because you're like, what exit should I take? And it's like, <laughs> you're gonna get there with 36%. You're like, I don't need that! <laughs> exit 36? What do I do? <laughs> Next is remote emissions mode. What does that mean? Well, you can use your mobile app to make your car fart as people pass by your car. You know how normally you'd be, you'd like hit the lock button. People would be like, oh, I shouldn't. Someone's looking at this car. I shouldn't mess with it. Now you can make it <laughs> fart at them. Nice. So they don't even want to be near your car. Great. Next is Rainbow Road, an oldie but a goodie. It gets an update. Now Rainbow Road can always be turned on when you activate autopilot. Oh, so you can choose to have that cool. I think it's going to be an look. option. This is probably to save your stock. I think a lot of people are going, <laughs> Just, one, two, three, four, five, every time they went into autopilot. And I think, you breaking know, them. they're like, okay, how can we limit this? Mr. Jones, how did you break the stock? <laughs> uh, don't know. <laughs> Mr. Jones, I'm looking at the logs here and you're always driving in Rainbow Road. It's fun. <laughs> Next is fan speed control. Now drivers can select low, medium, or high fan speed when HVAC is set to auto. But I thought the whole point of auto is that it shows for you. Well, I have always left it on auto and I've always found it to be perfect. And when I want the temperature to be higher, I turn it up. When I want it to be lower, I turn it down. Uh, I think that people are very much used to having that control. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you take that away from them, they go, no. Well, so I think there's two aspects to it. I think there's, when you put it in auto, there's the temperature yeah. and there's the amount of blowy. Well, I've met a lot of people who always have it in manual mode. The car is either smoking hot or it is freezing cold. 
That's, and what, that's how they like it. But it's just so that way they can. And I'm like, can you just turn it on auto? I'm freezing over here. And they're like, well, no, because I want it to be a specific. <laughs> so I think this is for them. OK. And lastly, there's phone improvements. Your car will now request confirmation of a call transfer to the vehicle's audio system in case you don't want your passengers to hear your conversation. And now you can search for contacts directly from a Bluetooth connected device. This is really nice. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to like I've been parked, you know, safely. And I'm like, oh, let me make a quick phone call. And I will either like get out of my car or, you know, just start the phone call. And, and it's like, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. And, you know, the phone, the phone calls happening in my car. Right. My phone's sitting out here. Not. And I'm like, crap. Hello. Hello. Are you still there? Are you still there? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The Bluetooth, the Bluetooth. We also think there's some other stuff in there that hasn't been revealed yet. There could be Wi-Fi garage door openers, new games. And Apple Music is rumored to have been spotted by Tesselscope. And then much more does appear that potentially Steam might be integrated into the car. Oh, yeah. Look at there's a code there checking to see if you're logged in from your Tesla. That's a really good sign for Steam enthusiasts. Do, uh, Steam. Ent that's not a thing. Gamers. OK, sorry. Computer games. Sorry. They, they've got no, almost I mean, all the games on there. Yeah, I know. But there's a lot of people who don't like there seem to be like either console or Steam. You know, uh, it's pretty wide. OK, it's pretty wide. Most people who play games. Outside of console, it's on Steam. I agree. So we reported last week on how Tesla won a defamation lawsuit against the Chinese company PingWest. Yeah, PingWest had to pay some money, a very small amount of money, and print an apology. So what does this have to do with a story about Elon could have a successor? Well, PingWest seems to like printing stories with unnamed anonymous sources. They're not Here's, the only place. No, I know. But uh, they just printed this saying that CEO Elon Musk has confirmed the candidate to succeed him as Tesla CEO. Tesla's current global vice president, Greater China CEO Tom Zhu, will take up this high profile position. OK, so who is this? This is the current president of China operations, Zhu Xiaotong, or Tom Zhu, as he's known. Tom has been in charge of Giga Shanghai and has done a fantastic job. Elon has singled him out before for his great work. And Tom is famously known for having his desk in the office alongside everyone else. OK, but this story says that Tom Zhu will take over as Tesla's CEO. Well, it does go on to say that Zhu's responsibilities would be global, but only in automotive, not um, autonomous driving and robotics. So this is only from PingWest. This is the source of this information. Yeah, I mean, we should take this with a big grain of salt because they've been wrong about a lot of things. Um, but he is coming to the U.S. He's uh, reportedly going to Giga Texas. My guess is that Elon has been so busy with Twitter and Zoo has proven himself as someone who can really get a Giga factory up and running faster than anyone else could have believed. And so I think that he's probably being tapped to at least get Giga Texas up and running as well. Interesting. Um, comment down below. What do you think is happening? Yeah, I mean... I, People, relax a little bit. Um, I think this is kind of a lost in translation thing. I feel like he is going to be in charge of a lot, but I don't think he's going to be CEO of Tesla. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. So Tesla is almost done with construction to triple its rail yard known as the RCR Taylor Logistics Park in Hudo, Texas, which is about 25 miles north of Giga, Texas. In new drone footage from YouTuber Brad Sloan, we can see six branches of rail that hold 10 car carriers each next to a huge car holding lot. And possibly even a few more rail lines going in there. I'm not sure who owns them. But if these are two-level carriers, and I just want to point out what, what I'm talking about here. Here's a picture of a vehicle carrier. Mm -hmm. um, you can configure it to be you know, one, two, or even three high. I think because the Model Y is a little bit taller than a normal sedan, you probably can only fit two levels. So if it's two levels, you should be able to hold about six or maybe even eight vehicles in each car carrier. So that would be, uh, what's the math? 
uh, 80 Teslas per line or the ability for Tesla to load up to 480 at any given time. So you'd have 10 lines, each line can hold 80, and then you'd have six lines and you'd be able to load them all at the same time. So that should be 480 like Model Ys at a time. Oh, and right, because even though there's just 10 trains, you can couple them together and, and the locomotive can pull dozens of them. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, these trains are so little and short. It's like, <laughs> that's not how trains work. You, you load them up and then you put them in a big long chain. And okay, but you... wait, so you go from Texas and what, you send them like west to LA or you send them east to the east coast? Doesn't really matter. Uh, basically, the way that trains work is that you hook them all up and then you send them off. Then at a certain point, they're going to go to some other rail yard. You're going to decouple some of them. They're going to be moving off east. The rest of them are going to be moving west. You're going to be moving oh. some to, you know, that's how trains work. So they, they you know, Hitch whichever train they do it. There's a whole bunch of logistics involved, but that's the idea. So getting them on a train means that you can very cheaply move them around the country. This is big news, I think. And special thanks to Brad, by the way, for his great drone footage. Go check out his channel with awesome drone coverage of Giga Texas and the surrounding areas. Um, but normally we think of Tesla's being driven around by truck. Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, as you're seeing here, it takes a lot of work to get a Tesla on and off a truck. It takes, you know, usually the driver has to then unload each car. It takes a while and you have to be very careful. But here's the bad part. Uh, this is 25 miles north of Giga, Texas, and they still have to carry the cars on a car carrier on a truck to the train oh, station, why then can't unload they... them. And then why can't they just drive them? Because uh, they haven't been bought yet. So they don't have a plate. Oh, they don't have you can't a plate. Just, you can't just drive a car. But but let me just ask you this. When there's robo-taxis. When they're autonomous cars? Couldn't we just drive them to the train yard? Why would you need to put them on a train? Oh. So we reported last week that Tesla seems to have unofficially announced their launch into Thailand. It seems it was true. Last Wednesday, Tesla launched a Thai design studio on their website and held a special presentation at a local mall in Thailand, announcing that Thai residents can now order all three variants of the Model 3 and Y. Here are the prices of the Model Y. To compare, the Volvo XC40 Recharge starts at $60,000. The BMW iX3 starts at $96,900. What? Yeah. So first shipments of Teslas should arrive in February, so just a couple months away, and they'll arrive from Giga Shanghai. So why is this a big deal? Well, first of all, a couple things. Um, there were over three quarters of a million cars sold in Thailand in 2021. So it's a big market. In fact, uh, Tesla just sold 5,000 Model Ys in the first four days that this opened. So there's a lot of demand. And I want to talk about why there's so much demand. So Tesla is in talks with the excise department of Thailand. Uh, it looks like they're going to be able to get $4,300 off any vehicle below 2 million baht, which is roughly $60,000. And then it looks like an even bigger amount. We're not sure what that amount is yet, if it's over 2 million baht. And then one of our new editors who is visiting family in Thailand just reported this little tidbit that I didn't pick up on. There is an import duty tax of from 80 to 100% if you import vehicles from certain countries into Thailand. So, okay, so... Uh, what about like a Toyota Camry? Yeah, they don't have a deal with Japan, I guess. So if you brought in, say, a $30,000 Toyota Camry, that Camry is now roughly doubled in price. But they do have a deal with China. So a Tesla from China comes in with no tax. So you're getting it way cheaper. So our editor was saying that you can basically buy a Model 3 for about the same price as a Toyota Corolla in Thailand. And... People still like Teslas more than Toyota Corollas in Thailand. Right. I mean, it's I think it's going to be a huge, huge market. And so this is basically all a Thai incentive 
they wanted to be selling EVs, and now Tesla's about to open the faucet. Yeah. So I'm excited for Thai superchargers. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, we can get really close to Singapore, mm -hmm. probably within uh, supercharger range of Singapore. They don't yeah. even need to put in superchargers in Malaysia yet. Right. Um, but this is really exciting. This is really cool, opening up a whole new market. Wow. So SpaceX just opened up a new section of their website called Starshield. Hmm. Sounds like a Ratchet and Clank villain. Um, no. Starlink writes on their website, Starshield leverages SpaceX's Starlink technology and launch capability to support national security efforts. While Starlink is designed for consumer and commercial use, Starshield is designed for government use with an initial focus on three areas, Earth observation, communications, and hosted payloads. So wait, the communications part, I get. This is basically Starlink, but with a taxpayer delight price tag. Um, what are the other two parts talking about, though? Well, I think hosted payloads is something that SpaceX already does. I mean, last month's Falcon Heavy launch was something for Space Force, which we didn't get to see. Uh, they literally shot off the feeds. Um, okay, so launching stuff in orbit, I get that. But what about Earth observation? Do people with skylights in their bathrooms need to be worried? I mean, yeah, I think it is what it sounds like. Cameras and other sensors pointed at Earth. And I mean, is this to spy on people? Or should we no. be, should be, we be worried? I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's be frank here. There's already satellites with cameras. Yes. Uh, satellites with cameras that we mm -hmm. know about. There's also spy satellites that mm -hmm. have who knows what on them. Mm -hmm. Is this for just better coverage? Like, is this more for like nuclear launch detection? I'm sorry, we can't <laughs> discuss that right now. Um, okay, but my question is, does SpaceX need this in order to dangle a carrot in front of the defense industry? Because I mean, as soon as they have a couple systems- It's called, like... we'll play ball. <laughs> All right, so it seems we may have the first look at the Cybertruck exposed. YouTuber Kim Java released this photo taken by an unnamed source at Giga Texas. This was probably on the 1st or 2nd of December of the Cybertruck frame. Yeah, so it's in a section of Giga Texas titled Powder Coat, and it does appear that the left side of the body has a white powder coat with some overspray. We can also see what appears to be a rear one-piece casting, or maybe it's two castings. It's hard to know for sure at that resolution. Yeah, the front of the truck appears to be 30X cold rolled stainless steel. Uh, but one feature that I was hoping for in the Cybertruck and it doesn't appear to be there, was a mid-gate pass-through from the bed to the cabin. And if, for those of you who are like, what are you talking about? Some trucks, like the Silverado EV, is supposedly going to have a mid-gate where you can open it up and you can like stick a canoe into the interior. We never saw a configuration with it. We were just No, I was just hoping for it. Yeah, we don't need it. The bed's going to be long enough. I think it's going to be totally fine. The only issue is going to be if it's a boat. Um, excuse me, be hard you're to... the one who wanted it. I did want it, but you know what? I just want, at this point, I just want a Cybertruck. That's all, right. all I'm saying. Now, Cybertruck will almost certainly be using the IDRA 9,000-ton Gigapress being brought to Giga Texas. But since we have no proof yet that the IDRA 9,000 has been set up yet at Giga Texas, my guess is that this Cybertruck frame is one of the ones that we saw being delivered a couple months ago. Oh, okay. And if that's the case, then this may not be the final version. It might just be that they're setting up the lines and using this as just like a thing to get the robots used to things. Now, my question here is the Cybertruck was supposed to be a exoskeleton using all stainless steel and that it was supposed to be this folded origami body slash frame slash exoskeleton. Well, you said was supposed to be. I mean, who said that? Elon said that on stage. We were right there. We moved the mass to the outside. We created an exoskeleton. It allows you to do things that you can't do with a body on frame. Yes, but it's not that it won't be that, but it's, it's it also does have a subframe. Huh? 
<laughs> well, I mean, I never really believed it when I heard that it was only okay. going to have this above frame well, because I mean, you have I, to have okay. something to hold the battery and stuff. Right. Like. I mean, I guess the whole backside of it doesn't look entirely. I don't know. I don't know. We're, but, hey, this could be a prototype. This could be. You don't know. I mean, if you remember at the time, Gigapress wasn't really in the works. Right. It was it was a twinkle. Right. And now I mean, that, that first one it, we yeah. saw was hand built. Right. You know, right. They have to figure out a way to mass produce it. And uh, yeah, mass producing is really easy when you can just make stuff. But speaking of Cybertruck, is this sketch spotted at the Peterson Automotive Museum's current Tesla exhibit by Miss Julianne a mini Cybertruck? So at, at first I thought it was just an early concept of the Cybertruck, but you're right. It does appear to have two doors and therefore scale wise, it would appear to be a smaller version of the Cybertruck. Could this be a future Tesla vehicle? A cyber SUV, if you will? First of all, no, I don't think so. It's no. Don't. No, no I want it to be. <laughs> no, it's look. That's, what do you mean no? We've seen. Comment below. Am I right or is he right? Well, it doesn't matter. I've already put out a Patreon poll. We're going to look at the results later. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying is. It doesn't this matter. Is a, this is a concept photo. Okay. And not even a photo. It's a sketch, right? So Franz yeah. sat down one day. And he sketched out a design. You've and seen. And they put it up at the museum for a reason. It's an Easter egg. Oh it's telling us God. something. Okay, Tesla is. I'm right. Tesla is not Taylor Swift. Okay, they do not put out this level of Easter egg. Okay. Sure, they do. They have sent it out when they're like, "Thank you for reserving yeah. your model." X. And they Thank look a for... lot like what we get. It, kind of. I am kind so of. right here. No, look, fans. That Absolutely Cybertruck fans not. go to Cybertruck Owners Club. They are a sponsor of the show. That is where you and I will talk about the fact that this is the next version of the Cybertruck. It's a mini version for all those markets like China and Europe that don't want a full scale version. It's like a mini cyber SUV. Okay, that's a concept picture. I'm sorry to say they might make a two door version at some point. That's a concept photo. So remember, we reported back in August that T-Mobile is partnering with SpaceX to provide satellite to cellular service what they are calling coverage above and beyond to its network in mid-2024. Well, CNBC's Michael Sheets broke the story late last week that SpaceX has filed a request with the FCC to allow over 2,000 of their Gen 2 Starlink satellites to communicate directly with cell phones. As we reported, speeds would be low, 3 to 7 megabits per second upload and 4 to 18 megabits per second on the download. So no video streaming, think more like calls and texts. Also, the filing shows that SpaceX plans to use this coverage to enable Swarm, mm -hmm. Starlink's recently announced Internet of Things network. Also remember that Elon said the service would be coming to Tesla's as well. And again, I think it's important to emphasize that uh, a system like this will save lives. Not, not maybe, not, oh, well, in certain cases, uh, it will save lives. Yeah. The number of people who say get lost on the Appalachian Trail mm -hmm. and don't have cell coverage and then they get a little bit turned around. They're not very far from actually being rescued, but nobody knows to go look for them for a couple of days. They go and they fall and they break their leg and they can't call for help. And for Tesla owners, I mean, if you're like, well, I don't care about people who march on the Appalachian Trail. If you're driving along through some big piece of desert that has no cell coverage, now you'll be able to get nav stuff and be able to communicate. So this summer we reported on Tesla's filing with the FCC about a new high res radar. We didn't get to learn much about it because the details were kept confidential until December 7th. Yeah. Now we can read all about it, right? Well, that's what I thought, too. But back on November 18th, Tesla filed an extension with the FCC to keep the details secret until February 7th because they plan to market the new radar in January, according to this letter. 
So many, including Chris Zhang, who we follow on Twitter because of his reliable reporting on Tesla's related supply chain news, believe that this might be signaling the release of Tesla Autopilot Hardware 4.0. Elon has said that Hardware 4 would be introduced on the Cybertruck first. But that isn't due to start deliveries until mid-2023. Yeah, and Hardware 4 is supposed to use the new 5-megapixel camera that seems to have started shipping from China back in October, although no one has confirmed that yet. So comment down below, what do you think? I mean, because here's my thing, right? My Model 3 has the old radar. Mm -hmm. uh, newer Model 3s have no radar. And now there's going to be this new radar. So does it, and, and I paid for full self-driving. Does this mean that all cars are going to have to be retrofitted with this new radar? I think what happened was, remember we reported when Tesla removed radar. I think that old radar was too low resolution. Okay. And Elon was like, you know what? This is just screwing everything up. So autopilot team, stop using it. Then we all thought that means it'll never use radar again. And I think we were wrong. I think they were working on a new higher resolution radar. I think they will now plug that into the new cars along with, I think they're probably going to retrofit the older cars. And you might be like, that sounds expensive. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is. I think it's a little box on the front of your car. I think it has the same um, power and data connections. So I think it's going to be a quick thing and then i think you'll have a better autopilot system and when we're talking about it being expensive we are kind of forgetting that um all of these people paid in you know in my case around three or four thousand uh, dollars other people have paid five other people have paid ten you're looking at paying about fifteen thousand dollars for full self-driving now so replacing a sensor that probably costs maybe a couple hundred dollars maybe let's call it five hundred dollars and let's right. say that the work is a thousand dollars it's not it's still well within this software package right um so upgrading the hardware even on everybody's cars who paid for it they've already paid for it exactly so it's not that wild to think that they could do that. Exactly. And Tesla has designed the whole hardware system, including the computers, to be plug and play. They can they can rip them out and put them in very quickly. And <laughs> once you convert that Tesla to be able to drive fully by itself, um, you enable it to go onto the Tesla network. And of course, Tesla is going to be making money off of that as well. So Tesla has two incentives to replace the radar. Exactly. First, we go to Taiwan, where Tesla has started delivering Model Ys for the first time. Oh, that's great. Just a short hop over the water from Shanghai to Taiwan, huh? Uh, no. These Model Ys come from Giga Berlin. Um, I don't, what, why would Tesla choose to ship cars 9,000 kilometers from Berlin to Taipei rather than only about like 700 kilometers from Shanghai to Taiwan? That's over 10 times further. Well, that's true. It would make a lot more logical sense to ship them from Giga Shanghai. But remember that there are serious geopolitical tensions between Taiwan and China. So... Okay, but what about prices in Taiwan? They are a bit pricier than other places, probably because of the added shipping. The long-range Model Y is priced at about $72,500, or about $6,600 more than the U.S., and the Performance Model Y costs $82,000, or about $12,000 more. Um, and our headline said that Europe is also getting more Tesla models? Yes, the first shipments of Model S and Model X plaids have arrived in Belgium from Fremont, California last week. You remember that Tesla shut down the Fremont Model S and X line two years ago um, in December of 2020 and then reopened it in June of 2021. So Europeans haven't been able to get their hands on new Model S's or X's for about two years. Wow, I had kind of forgotten that. And uh, deliveries should start in the next couple weeks. So if you see any brand new Model S's or X's out on the roads, be sure to send us pictures. And the way you can tell is the front of the Model S has a new light system down in the 
corner. It's this it's this really sharp it, looking one. Is that if it's a plaid or if it's just a new model? Just a new one. How do you tell if it's a plaid? Because uh, it goes racing by you. <laughs> You're going to go, what was that blur? <laughs> so these tough economic times mean that a lot of growth companies, especially newer ones that haven't made much revenue yet, are finding it really hard to find investors who want to risk capital right now, especially with rising interest rates. Case in point, Sono Motors, the six-year-old startup trying to produce the Scion solar-powered EV. Now, we've interviewed the two co-founder CEOs, Jonah Christians and Lauren Hahn, a couple of years ago when they raised $50 million in 50 days. Today, Sono claims to have 21,000 paid customer reservations. Along with ours, by the way. And 22,000 business reservations for the solar panel covered Scion EV. But after releasing their Q3 2022 results, both CEOs publicly told shareholders that they are struggling financially and that they may have to end the company as we know it. They have kicked off the hashtag Save Scion campaign, a 50-day effort to try and get reservation holders to commit to purchase their Scion up front and to get the Scion into production. So Sono says that if 3,500 reservation holders would purchase the Scion up front, that would give them enough runway to get to production. They'll also get a 3,000 euro discount for people who do that. So we have our producer reaching back out to Sono to see if we can talk to them again because um, we want to find out what's going on. Um, is it just because of the economic downturn or did they really not have a plan in place? I mean, one thing that kind of scared me was that they hired a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's easy to do when money is cheap. And now uh, they're being told by their advisors to like fire 70% of them. Um, and, you know, is this one of those cars that's just never going to make it to production? So that's why we're going to hopefully be speaking with them uh, before the 50 days is up. So that way, maybe that can help you decide whether or not you want to pre-purchase a car that doesn't exist yet. But let us know how interested you are in this story, because we could talk to them, but maybe no one's interested. Maybe no one really cares. Uh, so if you care about this car or don't, comment below and let us know what you think. So do you remember we talked about how Ford started this program with their dealers? It's called the EV certification program. Yeah. Uh, basically, the Ford dealers have to decide whether they want to spend about a million dollars to install fast chargers at their dealership. If they do, then Ford lets them sell EVs at non-negotiable prices. Yeah, in fact, about $1.2 million if they want to be able to sell unlimited Ford EVs. Well, Ford CEO Jim Farley announced last week that 1,920 or two-thirds of Ford's dealers have opted in to the program. What about the one-third who didn't opt in? Well, I can understand why they wouldn't. I mean, a million dollars. <laughs> and it sounds like they've been busy complaining to whoever will listen. Case in point, Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut said last week that he thinks Ford's EV certification program is an egregious treatment of dealers. He said, I'm convinced there's a case that needs to be investigated here. I just think Ford is making a terrible mistake here if it persists in this approach. Now, for those dealers who don't have a million dollars lying around, what can they do? Will they never be able to sell a Ford EV? Um, yeah, so they won't be able to sell them. Um, Ford says that this round is closed, but that they will open another round maybe in 2025 or 2027. But the good news here is that if you do the math, Ford claims that they will have one of the largest charging networks in the country. OK, let's see. Uh, 1,920 dealers who opted in. So 1,920 locations where there's going to be at least one high power DC fast charger. How does that compare to other networks? Currently, EVgo has about 850 stations, Electri America has 800 plus, and Tesla has over 1,500 in the US. Wait, so Ford will be the largest high-speed network? Well, not so fast. Uh, first of all, they haven't built them yet. And by the time they do, those other networks will probably have built more. Uh, secondly, having one or maybe two chargers at each location does not a good charging network make. Yeah, I mean, 
lots of different car companies have sort of tried this. Uh, Nissan for a while, uh, he was like, come on in, use our Chademo. And I never was able to get it to work. I have a, a Nissan Leaf with a Chademo fast charging port. And I've gone to, I think, three Nissan dealerships, the, the ones that are within my range. And I would kind of knock on the door and they'd be like, you want to buy a Nissan Rogue? And I'd be like, no, I want to plug in my Nissan. And they're like, you want to trade that in? And I was like, no, I want to plug it in. And they're like, well, the charger's broken. So I guess you're going to need another car to go home. I mean, it's kind of smart if you're a Ford customer, because I can see that pulling up in our Ford Lightning, we would probably be welcomed and, you know, you'd feel kind of at home at a Ford dealership. I can't see that we'd feel that way with other EVs, like if you're driving an Audi e-tron or Tesla. Well, the big question for me also is charging speed. Um, they're going to need to hit at least about 150 kilowatts uh, per station. And that's a lot of power to be bringing in. I think that's why these chargers are going to cost about a million dollars. They're going to have to have a service upgrades right. up the wazoo, all sorts of stuff. But then my question is, OK, I pull in. Um, we found that a normal, like, big charge takes about 40, 45 minutes, right. about 50 minutes mm -hmm. in the Ford F-150 Lightning. Um, they might be able to increase that charging speed at some point, but I kind of doubt it. And that means that I'm stuck at a Ford dealer for 50 minutes with the guy going, hey, do you want to buy a Mustang? Well, that's if you can get the charger. I mean, what if it's already charging another vehicle? Yeah. Or it's broken right. and they have no incentive to fix it. Right. Um, I, I don't think that this was a smart move by Ford. I think that, look, Ford should make a charging network, and I totally get why they want to squeeze their dealerships because it costs Ford no money to say, hey, dealer, you like selling our cars? Why don't you spend a million dollars and we'll have this impressive looking network that we can put on a map in your dealership. And then you can point to it and say, there's 1,920 dealers who have the chargers. It was really smart from Ford's point of view on paper because this saved them $2 billion. Oh, $2 billion. For a network that I'm sorry is probably going to be crap. Yep. I really hate to say that. I I wish that Ford would spend the two billion dollars to make a decent fast charging network of their own, keep it exclusive, or well, have exclusive pricing. Also, uh, where a dealer is located is probably not the best place for an EV charger. It, I mean, that's why Tesla puts them in places right off of highways. Yeah. If you have to drive 20 miles off a highway to go to some dealership, you're not going to use it. So I don't know. I think that this is. Not the best move by Ford. Um, and I kind of agree with uh, Blumenthal. It's like, I don't really think that dealers should be treated this way either. Ooh. They're just getting squeezed. And I f***ing hate <laughs> dealers. So both Bloomberg and Reuters have cited anonymous sources in recent reports saying that Tesla plans to reduce production at Giga Shanghai by 20%. Oh, no. Falling demand. Tesla China was quick to respond, saying those reports were untrue. But Bloomberg is reporting that Tesla will begin running shorter shifts at Giga Shanghai, cutting back from two 11 and a half hour shifts to two nine and a half hour shifts. And to feed the rumor mill that Tesla is having problems with demand, Tesla is offering a 6,000 won delivery incentive to buyers in China. But didn't Tesla deliver over 100,000 cars in China in November? Yes. According to the China Passenger Car Association, 100,291 to be precise. And they beat their September record of 83,185. And the Model Y continues to dominate the premium SUV market in China as well. Yeah. Tesla sold over 52,000 Model Ys in November in China, more than four times the second place BMW X3 at just over 12,000. And if we look at the year so far, Tesla outsold their closest competitor, the Mercedes-Benz GLC, by more than double. Yeah, Model Y in China has sold over 285,000 cars so far this year. So I think what's going on here is uh, something that maybe in the West we don't understand. Chinese New Year is coming. It's a big 
time off for the country. Um, and so I think a lot of people are not ordering cars at this time of year, both because of Chinese New Year. Also, Tesla knows that they're going to lose their workers for a couple weeks anyway. Mm. And the economy is not doing well in China right now. So a lot of people, I think, are holding off on big purchases. I mean, the good news, though, is that Tesla can deliver to other markets such as, uh, oh, uh, if only there was like a new car market that they just opened in. Oh, in Thailand. Uh, they can also ship to Japan, Australia. There's lots of other places. South Korea. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of other places that Tesla can deliver cars to that are made in Giga Shanghai. And exactly. they do that very frequently. V to G, vehicle to grid. V to L, vehicle to load. How about vehicle to everything? That's what Pacific Gas and Electric is calling a new pilot program. V to X. And I like it. So this story is mainly for our California viewers who may be getting their power from the PG&E grid. Well, and they have to own a Ford F-150 Lightning. Yeah, okay. So kind of a small group at the moment since Ford has only sold about 13,000 Lightnings in total. But if you do, listen up. PG&E is looking for 1,000 customers in California who want to lower their electric bill and test to see how employing V2G can make the grid more resilient. You'll get up to $2,500 up front. And I think this is to help offset the cost of installing the Ford charger and inverter at your home. And then PG&E will pay you up to $2,175 additionally for you to provide stored energy to the grid in times of high demand. Basically, using your 98 or giant 131 kilowatt hour Ford battery to smooth out the grid. That's like 10 power walls. So V2X is coming, people. It may seem nerdy. It may seem impossible, but it's coming and it's going to change everything. And please let us know if you join this program. You can send us an email at hello at now you know channel .com. We'd love to get in touch. Hey, and if you want to share this story with your friend, maybe he lives in California and you don't, but you don't want to send the whole hour long show because you'd be like, well, I don't know why you sent me this. Go to our Now You Know Clips channel. We chop these into little bite-sized clips and there you can find stories that you can share with friends. So speaking of lightnings, the U.S. Forest Service has just taken delivery of their first three F-150 lightnings. Nice. And of course, like every other U.S. government agency, they are going to have to start buying all EVs by 2027. Oh, Wow. What, why is that again? That is because of last year's executive order, which among other things, mandates EVs to be bought exclusively for light duty vehicles starting in 2027. This was of course, executive order 14057. Okay, so the US Forest Service has over 17,000 vehicles that it's going to transition. Um, and when I read that, I was like, I couldn't believe they have yeah. that many vehicles. Do you think they're all gonna be Ford Lightnings? I mean, it seems expensive. Well, first of all, the Lightning is the only electric pickup in the US that's available through GSA. What's GSA? Government Services Administration. Um, so basically, if the government wants to acquire a vehicle, they have to go through GSA. And Ford Lightning is the only electric pickup truck at the moment that you can get through that. Okay. And at the moment, it looks like they're using the Ford Lightning fleet model. Oh, that, is that a cheaper one? Yeah. So you can see that front light. Normally, there's like this light that goes all the way across the front. That's what our Lariat edition has. Exactly. Ours is the Lariat, which costs $80,000 or whatever. Um, this one you see, that's replaced by a black trim piece. Okay. How much cheaper is it, by the way? I haven't been able to find an actual number that was announced to, to start at thirty nine nine seventy four. Oh, wow. So $40,000, which would make it cheaper than the entry-level gas-powered consumer F-150. Does the federal government get the federal tax incentive? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It seems a little, <laughs> seems like they shouldn't, right? But who knows? Um, so this is really exciting because this is just one government agency. Mm. There's over a million light-duty vehicles that the government is in control of. Really? So by 2027, um, all of these vehicles should be 
uh, electric. I think some of them can be electrified. Um, and of course, we're only talking about the light duty vehicles. So big, heavy trucks and stuff like that. Don't A million in the U.S. alone? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's it's big news that this is happening. It's great that the Forest Service has their first three. They're going to have to test it out, see how they like it, remember to plug it in. And, and once they learn that, I think... It's off to the races. Really smart of Ford to get their fleet services available for GSA. Really smart. And that's one little tidbit of information you don't hear pretty much anywhere else. So, I mean, that means that Rivian's missing out on this. And but but I do think that Tesla could get the Cybertruck in to GSA and probably some departments are going to want that. All right. It's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Henson Shaving makes an absolutely great gift. Um, I use my Henson razor every week right before the show, um, and my face doesn't break out in hives like it used to with my old cartridge razor. Um, this is such a good gift. And if you use our code, now you know you will get 100 blades for free. And that means that when you're giving this gift, you can say, and you're going to be able to shave for a whole year uh, without having to buy any blades. Not much time. Go do it. All right, finally, all those U.S. and Canadian VW ID4 owners out there, Volkswagen is finally releasing their software update. Nice. They can now get this over-the-air update. I mean, they've been waiting so long. This is going to be so nice for them. And not to have to schedule an appointment and drive to the dealer and wait in the waiting room and then have their friend pick them up and then drive them to work. And then they have to drive back to the dealer after work and only to find that they didn't finish. No, 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 over the air. No, this software update is preparing the car for the over the air update. What? VW is starting to send out formal notifications to ID4 owners telling them to schedule service appointments to get the software update that will allow for future over the air software updates. Wait a minute. So hang on, hang on, hang on. So they don't, they don't get over the air up. This isn't an over the air update. No, they have to schedule a service appointment. They have to do all the things you just said. Go to Volkswagen, drop their car off. Yes. Or wait there for an hour. But, but, but this software will also have some new features. So it's not just like you did it for nothing. Okay. You'll get auto hold braking. You'll get charge routing for the onboard nav system and improvements to the cockpit display. Look, Why do you think VW's new chief, Oliver Bloom, is investing about 2.4 billion euros to partner with the Chinese company Horizon Robotics next year? Because they don't seem to be able to write code themselves? I guess so. I mean, this is... And and so I think this is the interesting point here. Was Herbert Deese fired because of this? No. Because everyone is going to point to this and they're going to say... Nope. Failure. No. This is Deese's fault. Look, VW takes a bunch of parts from a bunch of suppliers, right? They put it together into a system. All of them have firmware and all this stuff. So when you try and do some kind of software thing, you got to figure out all these different systems. That's why it's taking so long. Whereas Tesla, they make the system, so they know how to write the software for it. This is what happens when you take an old style big auto company and you try and move them into the next century. They're just like, we don't know how to do this. Right. And then... Of course, you're a big corporation, so you have to blame someone for it. So you go, this problem isn't our problem. It was you. (laughs) All right. right, It's time for going green. And don't forget, if you haven't found that gift for somebody special, head on over to ecoware.us. And there you're going to find a lot of cool gifts. And everything that we sell is carbon offset. So we plant multiple trees for every order. And we help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with our friends at the Well Done Foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. 
So I feel like this section is turning into what did Montgomery County, Maryland get up to this week? And if it makes you feel any better, this is what they did two weeks ago. We just thought it would be nice to break it up a bit. I mean, two weeks ago, Montgomery County, Maryland passed Bill 1322, which would ban natural gas installations in new construction. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. They're going to ban natural gas from houses? What, they're going to show up to people's houses, start ripping out stoves and heaters? No. Okay, so they're going to start driving around with gas detector vans and issuing fines? What's a gas detector van? It's like a cat detector van. What's a cat detector van? The cat detector van for the Ministry of Housing. Okay, no, I don't think they have that. Okay, so if they're not going to come take people's gas appliances away, how will they ban them? You won't be able to put new gas appliances in starting in 2027. But what if I want to put gas appliances in? Well, that's because I'm an American. Well, that's the great part about democracy. If enough people agree, laws can change. However, it doesn't matter who agrees about climate change because that will happen if we don't do something about it. And this is, again, something that is going to help stop. Yeah. And can I just talk about natural gas for a second? Because I I grew up with it in my home. Uh, I have it currently in my home. We're trying to get rid of it. It's one of those things that if you grow up with it, you think, well, it's natural gas. It sounds so natural. It's not. It was just great marketing. It's this gas that doesn't smell like anything, but they have to put some smell in so you will smell it. That could blow up your house. It also contains lots of other carcinogens that aren't natural. And you could just replace it with cheaper electricity. And so that's what we're doing. And but the sad thing is we kind of have to push some people because they don't know that it's out there. Yeah. And I think that the shift is is coming. It's going to happen. And I think that uh, things like geothermal and heat pumps are going to make a huge difference when huge it comes difference. to heating. And I think that we're all going to start to learn that gas stoves are wildly inefficient and pollute your house inside your house. Yeah. And then we don't have to rely on countries like Russia for our energy. All right. It's time for sunspots. We recently reported on the largest Tesla Megapack installation in Europe. That was the 196 megawatt hour Pillswood project near Hull in the UK. Well, Tesla just announced one of the largest Megapack projects to open in the continent of Europe. Yeah, the Du Akren battery project in Lessine, Belgium, has 40 Tesla Megapacks for 50 megawatts of power or 100 megawatt hours of capacity. It replaces a dirty 1950s era turbojet generator. Okay, so it's about half the size of the Pillswood project, but still a huge project with enough storage to power about 150,000 homes for a couple hours. And you may be like, two hours? Who cares? Uh, That's not the point. It's not meant to to power them all year. It's meant to power them when other things go down and when there's like a huge demand spike. All right, it's time for a video contributor stories. And don't forget, if you've got a story you want to tell us, it doesn't have to be like the most official thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Just shoot it in landscape, have some good audio, no music. We'll take care of that. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com so we can all hear what's going on in your neck of the woods. Well, Charles sent us this video contributor story about his new Ford e-transit van. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Charles here. So, um, I am a solar contractor uh, up here in uh, Marin County, San Rafael, California, and we recently um, took delivery of an e-transit. This thing's pretty wonderful. Uh, It doesn't have that much range, maybe 120 miles or so, but it covers a lot of our area. Um, So yeah, I mean, we're doing battery backup systems, car charging stations, and solar for uh, the greater area up here. And um, it's actually working out really good for us. You know, we've got solar on the warehouse, and uh, we've built out our own little uh, racking system up here of uh, solar rail. And, you know, it's really works for us. That way we're able to promote um, being green and uh, run around, drive around for free. 
based off the sun. All right, thanks, Zach and Jesse. Now you know. Thanks, Charles. Keep up the great work bringing solar and batteries to the people. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories, and we got all sorts of good ones this week. Uh, things about Apple's uh, Project Titan, uh, Polestar, Cruise, Corvette, Ram. Wow. Uh, yeah, all sorts of cool things. Also, the Tesla Semi. Look, people, if you want to see a Tesla Plaid racing against a Ferrari Enzo, you got to join our Patreon bonus stories. That's just how it works. And it also makes a really great gift this time of year. You, all you have to really say to the person is, hey, sign up for uh, Zach and Jesse's Patreon and I will pay you what it costs. And so if at the $1 level, that costs $12. And they're going to get about 52 hours of content uh, over the span of this next year, plus all the content that we've already done in the Patreon bonus stories. And it only costs you 12 bucks. It's a pretty good gift idea. So if you're watching this show and you're like, wow, this person really likes watching these guys, this would make a great gift. Nice, quick, simple gift. And you can do it last minute too, because you don't have to ship anything. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are the folks that get on the end credits and support us making this show possible. Who do we got, Jess? We've got Jason Crawford. We've got Technolust. Jojo Sapokes. Robert Duquesne. And David Banning. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, so we had a Patreon poll. What was it this week? We asked, will Tesla be making a smaller two-door Cybertruck? Now, I know that normally our patrons are right, and I think they're going to have this. What did our patrons say? They agree with me. No, it does not mean that there will be a two-door Cybertruck. Now, a minority of people said maybe in a few years after the Cybertruck is selling at high volume. They really, people? Only 5% of you agree with me? It's uh, a con- I mean, look. We're going to be right. Hand-drawn by, by Franz. By Franz. Uh, by Franz, the yeah. chief designer. By hand. It was a concept. He That's, draws all of, uh, all of his stuff by hand. It was hand. not a talking? CAD model. Okay. That was well, a time will tell. Time will tell. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. We'll figure it out. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Elon started off by saying, oh, what a tangled web they weave when first they practice too." And I think he's talking about a story that's been evolving over the past week. There's this four part right now story about what happened at Twitter before Elon took over. It's very intriguing. Uh, Go check it out. I think you're going to learn a lot about what was really going on behind the scenes at Twitter and why Elon really wanted to change it. Uh, But Tesla owner Silicon Valley went on to say Tesla semi is super quiet while pulling the float. Pretty insane to see this as the future. The exhaust and engine aren't killing the awesome sounds. And we'll have some footage of this on the Patreon bonus stories. Elon tweeted woke versus woke. Uh, New York Times is having some problems with their uh, employees wanting to strike. Elon tweeted out his little son X in beautiful San Francisco and with his Twitter badge. I guess he's a Twitter employee now. (laughs) Elon retweeted the Tesla configurator is now live in Thailand. Elon retweeted that Starlink started providing high-speed, low-latency internet to passengers during flights of the first JSX jet flight this week. And this isn't just a private jet, by the way. You can fly on it. it you can like go between uh, Florida and New York and stuff yeah. like that. It's pretty Ooh, cool. Interesting airline. And Elon retweeted liftoff from SpaceX. Yeah, boring. Just, a, just another rocket. Uh, yeah, so these are those files I was telling you about, uh, the Twitter files part two. Now we're up to Twitter files part four. And he said, Twitter's working on a software update that will show your true account status so you know clearly if you've been shadow banned, the reason why and how to appeal. Truth brings reconciliation. Hmm. And Elon tweeted out, congrats on game of the year to Elden Ring. <laughs> and he posted a meme of, uh, I guess, somebody like snuck up on stage during the awards and like stole the microphone, which was pretty funny. Hey, Martin. You know, real quick, I want to thank everybody and say that I think I want to nominate 
this award to uh, my reformed orthodox rabbi Bill Clinton. Thank you, everybody. Elon said Twitter will soon start freeing the namespace of 1.5 billion accounts. These are obvious account deletions with no tweets and no login for years. So if you have a really cool tweet Twitter login and you haven't logged in in a while, go tweet, uh, go tweet quick, tweet. And this is a great way to get more daily active users on Twitter, Elon. Pretty obvious. Elon tweeted out, good for Senator Cinema. I hope more of our elected leaders act independently, a.k.a. in the interests of the people. Something I always admired about American legislators, at least historically, was that they would sometimes vote against the party line. And this is Arizona Senator Kristen Cinema leaving the Democratic Party and registering as an independent. And Elon said if the Fed raises rates again next week, the recession will be greatly amplified. Hmm. Drive Tesla said, update, Lucid is also offering customers who ordered a grand touring after prices were increased up to 10% a discount to complete their order. And Elon said, they are not long for this world. Ooh, prediction. Elon said, Twitter is both a social media company and a crime scene. Community notes will now be visible around the world on the site. And he said, the bots are in for a surprise tomorrow. Saruman, your staff is broken. Twitter was worm-tongued to the world. Now things get spicy. Calling all robots and zombies, please attack me. Cool, the bots are so far unable to swarm to the top of my replies. Truth resonates. My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. The woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters. And there you have it. Hmm. Now you know what's going on in Elon's mind this week. Community mail time. All right, it's time for community mail time. And remember, your stories are important. That's what makes this show so cool is that we get to see what's really going on with our whole community. So send your photos, your videos, your thoughts to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Let's see what we got. Eric spotted these Rivian electric delivery vans or EDVs in transit on Route 80 North near Berkeley, California. Our viewer Calvin had a chance to ride in this all-electric bus in Hawaii. It's owned by ANA, also known as All Nippon Airlines, which is the airline company based in Japan. They fly a few special-themed Airbus A380 aircraft just between Narita International Airport in Japan and Honolulu, Hawaii, known as the Flying Hanu. The word Hanu is Hawaiian for turtle. And this bus is themed after the blue flying Hanu aircraft. The bus ride was free, and the bus driver said you can ride as long as you're an Anna Mileage Club member or have an Anna plane ticket. Sid found this Model Y with a mini cyber quad in Fort Pierce, Florida. Nice. Aren't those illegal? Get them off the road. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's had its motor controller removed. Maybe it just rolls. <laughs> Addison spotted this Starlink installation van at the Leeds Supercharger in Birmingham, Alabama. Frank spotted this Model 3 while in Aruba. And Seb sent us this email about his recent experience trying to charge his non-Tesla at a supercharger. Recently, I rented a car in the Netherlands with the charge port on the front left. As a result, every time I charge, I'm blocking two stalls. This needs to be addressed. Mm. Matthew saw this Rivian R1S at Hearst Castle in San Simeon, California. And Colin spotted this Porsche Taycan in Bloomington, Indiana. And now it's time for supercharger reviews. Before we get to that one, Joe sent us this video of the future 88 stall supercharger site in Quartzsite, Arizona. Oh, that's the one we talked about. Zach and Jesse, right there is Carl's, Carl's Jr. Just on the other side of that, adjoining that parking lot, is the current 36 stall Tesla stations. And over here, there's Burger King, and here is the Terrible gas station. It just opened uh, last year. And back to the right by Carl's, that's where the rock, where the, they sell rocks and gyms and everything. And right here in front of me is uh, uh, what may have been previous Tesla charging stations. There's a um, electrical unit coming out of there, there, and looking on down farther. There's uh, close to 10 of them. 
and we're right behind the Terrible's gas station. And then back, looking farther to the left, I don't think this is where they're talking about. This is an old, I got a bunch of old giant tires behind this rock wall. And, uh, and <laughs> out beyond that is plenty, plenty of room to open a solar farm if they wanted to. That's what I've got for you. I mean, I know it's not beautiful yet, but like when it has 88 superchargers, man, that's going to be gorgeous. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. Let's see what people have found out in the world. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Gabriel from Cluj-Napoca, Romania. This is the new supercharger stall, seven stalls. It's situated near a noodle restaurant and a mall. 10 minutes away from the motorway, very convenient, open 24 hours, 250 kilowatt power. I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, uh, this is Asif from Ohio, and I am on the Ohio Turnpike, and I believe it's mile marker 170 going on 80 east. I think on the other side. There is nothing, but there is a one, two, three, four, seven stall. I believe it's a supercharger. I don't know anything else about it. it looks like it's under construction. You can see some of the pieces here. And um, looks very nice, easy on and off. And if you uh, wanted to eat something, I think there's some vending machines inside the rest area. There's a Starbucks, a Burger King. I'm reading on the sign here. I can't see that far. Uh, but it looks pretty good. I'd probably give it a, a 8 or 9 out of 10. And uh, now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott reporting in from the version 3 supercharger installation in Alturas, California. There are eight version 3 superchargers in various configurations here, including one in a handicapped spot. And is one over here that if you're pulling a trailer behind your Model X or Model Y, pull right in there. And there is a great grocery store. It's a holiday grocery store. It's got everything you could need. It has a deli for handmade sandwiches, very clean bathrooms. Currently open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. I'm gonna give this one a five out of 10 on the new Jesse scale. Now you know. Hello everyone, here we are at the Owen Sound Supercharger. It has eight stalls. It's located in a shopping center with all the big box stores. It has lots of food options, including a Swiss chalet across the road, and there is a crosswalk a little further down. So I give this a 6 out of 10.
Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to see a map with all of the Supercharger Reviews on it, you can head over to nowyouknowchannel.com um, and you can also upload your own Supercharger Reviews if you've been traveling in a Tesla or in any vehicle, really. You can stop at any Supercharger, film it, tell us what you think of it. I like that people are listening to you and they're not just going nuts on the score. Like they're they're being a little harsher. Yeah, save the nice. tens for the things where it's like, okay, I'll make a day of going to the Supercharger. You know what I mean? All right, I need my coffee, Jesse, because this is three pages of Supercharger this week oh my god are you ready we're gonna have to speak fast okay all right let's go number 98 norway the 28 stall in everham west norway the 12 stall in chula vista telegraph canyon road california the 10 stall in wuhan at zal marriott hotel china the three stall in taiju jingwa wayo plaza china number 67 in sweden is the 28 stall at vastra frolunda sweden the 20 stall in lakewood california the three stall in kuzu at doubletree by hilton hotel china the three-stall in Wenzhou at the Marriott Hotel, China. The three-stall in Sixi, Sensory Jinwan Plaza, China. The three-stall in Huzhou at the Zili Wuyu Plaza, China. The three-stall in Luizhou at Zhaoshang Hotel, China. The three-stall in Tianjin at the Eco City Aegean Shopping Park, China. The 16-stall in Alabama is the 12-stall at Dothan, Alabama. The six-stall in Park Central, Hong Kong. The three-stall in Shanghai at the Dongdu International Jiting Plaza, China. The six-stall in Nanjing at the Luihu Longgu Tianjie, China. The 16-stall in Exeter North, UK. The three-stall in Guangzhou at Siu Venki, China. The three-stall in Landmark South, Hong Kong. The 12-stall in Bergkamen, in Germany. Number 151 in Germany is the 12-stall in Eimeldingen, Germany. Number 21 in Finland is the 12-stall in Hartola, Finland. The 16-stall in Anaheim at West Lincoln Avenue, California. The eight stall in Odessa, Florida. The three stall at Dongguan at Human Yuhan Cultural City, China. The six stall in Shanghai at Jinshan Red Star Makaline, China. The three stall at Jinan at Shamao Plaza, China. The three stall in Jinan at the Huaoshan Huanyu City, China. Number 60 in Hong Kong is the three stall at T Town South, Hong Kong. The 16 stall at Heathrow Airport at Renaissance Hotel, UK. Number 28 in Switzerland is the 15 stall at Fafikon, Switzerland. The 16 stall in Big Spring, Texas. The 8 stall in Sebastian, Florida. Number 104 in the UK is the 12 stall at Newport at Celtic Manor, UK. Number 325 in California is the 12 stall in Needles at West Broadway Street, California. Number 116 in Florida is the 12 stall at Boca Raton, Florida. Number 98 in Texas is the 24 stall in Katy at Katy Freeway. Number 15 in Maine is the 8 stall in Falmouth, Maine. Number 102 in South Korea is the 8 stall at Mokpo in South Korea. Number 128 in France and 905 in Europe is the 16 stall at Albertville, France. The 3 stall in Beijing at Bai Haozhuang, China. The 3 stall in Tianjin at the Saixiang Hotel, China. The 3 stall in Quinhangdao at the Ariana Phase 8, China. The 3 stall in Suning, Hampton by Hilton, underground, China. And number 1505 in China, number 4509 in the world is the sixth stall in Shanghai at Baozhuan Jingwaihu, China. Whew. I would love to thank supercharge.info. Such a great job. Such a great website. This is where we get all of our supercharger information. It's usually some of the most up-to-date uh, stuff that's when they're online officially and you can see them on the Tesla app and charge a car. And you know, if you haven't been to a supercharger to do a review yet, because you're like, well, they've all been covered. Uh, there's so many each week. There's no way they can all be covered. And even if they are, we need your take on it. Tell us what restaurants or which, you know, um, bathrooms that you found. I mean, give us that little lowdown, that little scoop that helps us to know like what can we find at the supercharger because 
as a community, we all go to these superchargers and a lot of times we just don't know what's around. So yeah. if you've scoped it out, let us know. And I want to let you guys know as these wonderful people's names are scrolling by here who support the show. And by the way, if you want to join them, head on over to patreon.com slash now, you know, and join. Um, but I want to give a plug here for our disruptive investing channel. I think a lot of you watching are like, I don't know what you're talking about. We have another channel and that's where we do interviews with companies that you've probably never heard of before with CEOs and founders and other smart people with ideas worth learning about because these are the ideas that transform technology and the world. Oh, and you can make a lot of money if you understand this before everyone else does. And we're also going to be starting our a new uh, show on that channel. Yeah, basically uh, coming out this week, I think. Yeah, so it's going to be our, I don't know what we're going to call it. We're going to come up with a name for it when we record that later today. Right. It's going to be called the Disruptive Investing Show or something like that. Um, we're going to cover some more investing-ish topics. Right. Um, also, if you want to see even more interesting information, you can check out our Investor Club Patreon. Yeah, there the Investor Club members get access to these videos before everyone else as yep. well. So, And also they get exclusive videos and interviews and meetings with CEOs and founders. So it's a lot of cool stuff. Head over to Patreon, check it out, see if anything there entices you. Um, and you'll be supporting the show. Look, we did 327 shows. That's six years of shows. We could only be doing this because of you guys. So thank you for making it happen. We'll see you guys next week. Now, now you know. know. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.